This is where Montana talks. Montana talks with Aaron Flint. So, I, like I mentioned, I, I wasn't really watching the Super Bowl. I kind of was doing work, getting ready for the show this morning. That's what I typically do on Sunday nights. It's like I, I try to like I try to wait till the sun goes down on Sunday night. Okay, time to start prepping for Monday. And so that I'm ready to go here early uh, at O-Dark 30 on a Monday morning. Get a couple stories on our Montana Talks website, things like that. But I, I, I wanted to hear the national anthem at least. Reba McIntyre was singing the national anthem. But uh, my wife and I were at the gym and, uh, you know, and so, so I missed the start of the game. But uh, I'm sure many of you probably didn't even watch the Super Bowl as well. So you might have missed Reba as well. McIntyre, yeah, the NFL shared that via Twitter, via X.com last night. And, of course, uh, uh, CBS uh, carried it live uh, during their coverage of the Super Bowl last night. Did you guys see uh, Kelsey, the you know, the Chiefs player that gets all this attention now because he's dating Taylor Swift? Did you see this guy? He uh, he about knocked over his coach and was yelling in the face of the Kansas City Chiefs coach, Andy Reid. I had missed it live on TV. Anyway, I saw John Jackson, the Joker from Twitter, shared that clip, shared the video via Twitter. And I was like, was this from tonight? I was like, holy cow. But then did you guys see him afterwards? Did you guys uh, did you guys see him afterwards when uh, when the Chiefs won? And uh, let's see. Here we go. L- listen, listen to him uh, uh, screaming into the microphone. Viva Las Vegas! Viva Las Vegas! Viva! My goodness, man, I hope that's not a side effect of the shot. And Mr. Pfizer getting angry, bumping into the coach, screaming in the face. of That boy got something wrong with him now. I don't know about you. I saw that clip. I said, that boy got got something wrong with him. But uh, he's a Super Bowl champ, so whatever. I'm Chad Pergram with the Speaker's Lobby. 
U.S. District Judge Royce Lamberth is now condemning the depiction by former President Trump and allies of the Capitol riot defendants as political prisoners and hostages. Lamberth recently spoke out during the sentencing of a North Carolina man who he sent to prison in connection with January 6th. Lamberth denounced attempts to undermine the legitimacy of the justice system for punishing rioters who broke the law when they invaded the Capitol. Quote, in my 37 years on the bench, I cannot recall a time when such meritless justifications of criminal activity have gone mainstream, said Lamberth. The judge added he, quote, fears that such destructive, misguided rhetoric could presage further danger to our country. The former president is floating possible pardons for the rioters if he wins election. During a recent court hearing, Proud Boys member Mark Brew repeatedly insulted and interrupted the judge who ultimately sentenced him to six years in prison. Brew said, quote, you can give me 100 years and I do it all over again. Some people charged in the riot are pinning their hopes on the Trump victory in November. With the Speaker's Lobby, Chad Pergram, Fox News. Here's a look at your real weather for Billings and Bozeman. This sky stay mainly cloudy today. We'll see some snow showers developing around the area. Could see up to an inch in the Bozeman area with rain mixing in in Billings. High temperature readings will range from the mid-30s in Bozeman to the mid-40s in the Billings area. For tonight, snow showers, light accumulations possible, low temperatures from the lower to middle 20s across the region. This is weatherology meteorologist Paul Trombley. Over. Serving the great state of Montana. From the peaks of the Beartooths to the banks of the Clark Fork River, this is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right. Hey, you guys know normally every Monday uh, here at the start of the 7 o'clock hour, we have Evelyn Pyburn from the Big Sky Business Journal with us, but she's taking the day off today. She's getting a, a nice day, well-deserved day off, by the way. She's one of the hardest-working folks out there reporting some great business news. And even though she's uh, taking the day off today, Still some fresh content in the Big Sky Business Journal hot sheet. So, uh, yeah, make sure you sign up for the Big Sky Business Journal hot sheet uh, and uh, check out the print edition as well for any business news uh, that uh, oftentimes you don't see anywhere else. That's why we always enjoy having Evelyn with us. But she's got the day off. So that what that means is that. For this 7 o'clock hour of the program, we've got the phone lines open for you and anything and everything you want to talk about here on the program. Uh, a couple callers on the line. Uh, first up, Nancy in Roundup. Nancy, great to hear from you. Well, it's good to hear uh, from you, too, and uh, good morning, Montana Talks family. And I I was in the Vina yesterday, and I met a lot of amazing people, a lot of people that just absolutely love your show and just are so loyal to you. They listen to you every day. So thank you all for the turnout yesterday in the Vina. But I have to say that this Matt Rosendale seems to be talking out of both sides of his mouth, as usual. I mean, he's some of his... Um, his team, uh, I mean, team Sheehy is questioning his motives. They're, they're, they're asking his team why he keeps attacking President Trump. And then you had a soundbite that said he loves, uh, President Trump, uh, earlier today. That does not make sense to me. And he, what it is is this Matt Rosendale said that, uh, President Trump should select only senators that would vote for his Agenda 47. And of course, the Agenda 47 is what, uh, President Trump wants to do. Uh, in his term, you know, uh, after being elected as president once again. 
And uh, I don't know here. Uh, he 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 confuses people. He just can't seem to walk a straight line and 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 get solid and stand there um, with determination and to go forward and just one one straight line. And I tell you about these uh, Indian reservations. I think that they're sending um, a welcome sign to this Mexican cartel because they think uh, uh, they can capitalize on it. And I'm so saddened to hear that. I I have said this before, and I've been criticized, but I don't care. I'm going to say it again. The reservations need to be disassembled and, and done over again. This is the 21st century. I think this would help uh, the uh, uh, life and the, and the living conditions of those residents of the uh, reservations and uh, help cut down on the crime, and it would be easier to catch uh, and stop the Mexican cartel that are using them as a base for their criminal gang activities. Aaron, this cannot continue. They're destroying the lives and everything else there on the reservations as well as the rest of the state. And uh, Well, and that's uh, what this report shows, uh, yeah, for well, people who haven't seen this big. The reservations are, looking, are, are like an octopus, and the Mexican cartel is sending long arms out to other parts of our country. This cannot continue, and, and they consider themselves to be sovereign. But I think it's a time now where we should consider taking the sovereignty away from the Indian reservation so that we can get in there easier and to stop the Mexican cartel and to improve their lives. Uh, well, I, I think, it, you know, in, in their defense, I think I think what we're simultaneously seeing right now is, you know, there's there's uh, tribal leaders that have called for more law enforcement presence on the reservations. And the same Joe Biden, John Tester regime that is that is not defending their borders, that is not defending our borders, is the same Joe Biden, John Tester regime that is not truly funding and supporting law enforcement on our reservations. Remember, this is the defund the police party. BIPOC wants to defund the police. The Joe Biden, John Tester regime is the defund the police open borders regime. And so, and, and unfortunately, our, our friends on the, on the reservations are being the hardest hit by the Mexican drug cartels and, and the open borders. But yeah, uh, for those who haven't seen this report yet, I've got it on our Montana Talks website, big NBC News report that came out over the weekend. you got to check it out. I'll, I'll share some more highlights here uh, later this morning as well. Uh, back in the phone lines we go. Jerry in Billings. Jerry, thanks for the call. What's on your mind? Yeah, as for uh, Sheehy versus Rosendale, to me, it's uh, Rosendale has been very conservative and good in his thoughts with the budget and so forth. And so many of us are worried about Sheehy being part of the Mitch McConnell uh, Schumer side of the Republican Party because all they do is they go out and they back the uh, military industrial complex. And we need somebody that's going to protect our border and is going to use our money for something that counts in the United States. Because you turn all that money loose in Ukraine, we spent $100 billion too much there already. And what is a win to it? We have no idea. Yeah. We have no idea. Half the money's been spent. But Christ's sake, they got a bunch of that money over there and our weapons. <laughs> And they sell them for crying out loud. 
That's and, crazy. You know, well, and, and Tim Shee has come out against against more uh, more funding for Ukraine and and solid on our southern border. In fact, uh, President Trump referenced uh, referenced that in particular in his endorsement of of Navy SEAL veteran uh, Tim Sheehy. And so, the big, so big problem was she to begin with was even talking about sending our troops in support of Ukraine. Then that was a big no no. So I, I I saw that I saw the the LinkedIn post where they're claiming that that she he supported sending our troops to Ukraine and I I that that's not what that LinkedIn post said uh, what was it two three years ago it's not it's not what that LinkedIn post said but uh, either way Jerry great to hear from you hard break and then more of your calls next this is where Montana talks at with Lane Nordland. As Valentine's Day approaches, U.S. consumers are paying more for chocolate products as confection manufacturers raise prices in response to soaring costs of cocoa. Cocoa prices are nearly 65% higher than they were one year ago, and New York futures prices are at a 46-year high. While consumer demand has remained relatively strong, higher retail prices are poised to take a bigger toll on volume sales and stifle category growth through much of this year. According to new research from CoBank's Knowledge Exchange, cocoa prices are likely to remain elevated until a new African crop comes to market in late 2020. Consequently, additional price hikes for chocolate confections throughout the year are likely, and any rebound in consumer engagement with the category is unlikely. Just something to think about as Valentine's Day is this Wednesday, and if you forgot about Valentine's Day, this is a friendly reminder to go buy your loved one either chocolate or, or beef. Beef is always a good option. Just don't forget valentine's day is this wednesday in other news at the billings livestock commission on thursday feeder steers under 650 pounds were 12 to 18 dollars higher while steers over 650 pounds were five to ten dollars higher five and a half to six weight steers 312 to three dollars and 37 cents with these six to six and a half weights priced at two dollars and 81 cents all the way up to three dollars and 18 cents on my north mund This is where Montana Talks. Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Yeah, one of the people quoted in this piece, uh, I see a New York Post report. New York Post kind of uh, took this NBC News report and ran with it as well here. Mexican cartels have flooded Montana with fentanyl and meth by setting up operations on Indian reservations where law enforcement is scarce. Remember the defund the police party, the Democrat defund the police party. They wanted to defund the police across the board. And so and so where law enforcement is scarce. And then, of course, you've got jurisdictional challenges and things like that. But uh, they know who to choose. Just like any other prey predator situation. That's how it is. Stephanie Ironshooter is the American Indian Health Director for the Montana Department of Health and Human Services. And that was the quote from her to NBC News, that just like any other prey predator situation, that's how it is. They know who to choose. The Mexican drug cartels are preying on Native Americans in Montana. That was the point that Stephanie Ironshooter was making here. Uh, let's see. They will initially target Native Americans by giving away an initial supply of drugs, 
transforming them into addicts, former DEA investigator Stacy Zinn said in this NBC News report. Um, I, I need to go. I, I thought I had printed up. I'm going to print it up right now, Travis. Uh, don't worry ab- about snag or about printing it up. I'm, I've got it pulled up right now. Um, I've got this NBC News report on our Montana Talks website. Oh man, it's a it's like a 22 page deal. Wow, uh, yeah, but very lengthy because some of the other information that's contained in this in, in this reporter are worth sharing. I want to get to that here. Phone lines are open for you four zero six two nine four zero nine seventy. Yeah, the headline on our Montana Talks website: Mexican drug cartels target Montana and Indian reservations. Plus, I've got a flashback for you after the Biden meltdown. Does Tester still think he's fine? Uh, you can see that video. And then, of course, the big news that came out Friday after the show, a massive endorsement in MAGA, Montana. President Donald J. Trump endorsing Tim Sheehy in the U.S. Senate race here in Montana. Back to the phone lines we go. We've got Gary and Billings on the phone lines. Gary, thanks for the call. Yeah, good morning, Aaron. Thanks for taking my call. I don't know if you talked about this Matt Rosendale jumping in the Senate race. Maybe you talked earlier, but Nancy kind of addressed it. Uh, my concerns, uh, is he running for the Senate? Can he stay in the House as he runs for Senate? Well, he'll, he'll, he'll remain in the House. He will, he would, if he stays in the Senate race and runs for the Senate, no matter how that plays out, he will continue to serve through the end of the year as the the member of Congress for the Eastern District. But, yeah, next session, next January, uh, he would no longer be in the House. So, uh, but, yeah, but he'd continue to serve in his seat. Because the, the minority of the Republican Party is so close related to the Democrats taking over. And it just seemed like that this is really a bad deal to try to throw the quagmire against the Republican Party. So he's letting his own party down, plus all the people that he represents in the eastern part of the state. And what's he going to say that Tim She is not already saying? It just seemed like it's very poor timing on his part. Well, that's why a lot of people were saying, like, hey, what, what's the holdup? You know, if you wanted to run for the Senate, why did you wait this long, especially for the most important Senate race in the country? And, yeah, I, I think you're touching on something which is on, on the issues. Congressman Rosendale and Tim Sheehy are pretty much, you know, very pretty much the same on the issues uh, right now, frankly. Now, there's a difference in tactics probably, but on, when it comes to the actual big issues of the day, they're they're the same. Uh, yeah, there was a a hill dot com piece here that says Rosendale's entry into the Montana Senate primary sparks GOP fear. Now, the concern among amongst a lot of Republicans, including you know Montana Republican heavyweights like like Governor Gianforte and Senator Steve Daines, who have won the big the big important statewide races. Right? There's a reason why. Uh, uh, you know, Democrats don't have both Senate seats like they used to. There's a reason why Democrats don't have the governor's office anymore like they used to. I mean, God, it was only about, you know, a little over 10 years ago when the Democrats uh, had almost all of the statewide offices in Montana. But Senator Daines and Governor Gianforte and other candidates have helped turn that the other direction. Now, on one hand, I think I, I, you know, I, I think the GOP is right, you know, that that valuable resources will basically. Well, I mean, 
I think, frankly, like if the argument is that is that, well, the GOP is going to waste valuable resources on the primary. I, I would argue with against that in this sense. I would I would argue that the GOP has to spend resources right now in the primary season because you ha- and Gary, stand by. Gary, I'll come. I want to get your thoughts on this. So I'll come back to you after the Fox News update. So I would push back in one sense where I would say, no, the GOP has to spend resources in the Senate race right now. And I think Tim Sheehy has already been doing that. He's been doing that for the last six months already, right? But I think where the real concern is, is that uh, I'll get to my concern after this and then get Gary's thoughts. News on Therese Crowley. Super Bowl Sunday landed Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin back in critical care at Walter Reed with a bladder complication after his prostate cancer surgery in January. This time he transferred power to his deputy, Kathleen Hicks. Last night, Israeli special forces launched a raid to rescue two hostages taken by Hamas in October under cover of airstrikes in Rafah that reportedly killed 67 Palestinians. Prime Minister Netanyahu is said to have overseen the raid. Another Chiefs win, Kansas City Chiefs coach Andy Reid turns purple in a Gatorade bath after Kansas City won their second straight Super Bowl, defeating San Francisco 25-22 in overtime. Reid's third Super Bowl ring with MVP Patrick Mahomes. CBS asking what it means for his legacy. Man, I don't know, but I'm going to celebrate it with these people right here, man. Hey, on three, one, two, three, how about those? America's listening to Fox News. All right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Gary, I hope you're standing by because I want to come back to you to get your your thoughts on this. But I think I, I saw I saw one one piece. I think it was at the Daily Wire where they were saying, well, re- Republicans are, are concerned that that they're going to waste valuable resources during the primary that that should be saved for the general election against John Tester. And and and, and I would disagree with that argument because, no, I think I think. I think they have got sooner the better. Like like I've said before, this Senate race doesn't start in June after the primary. If you want to take out liberal Senator John Tester, an entrenched incumbent like him who is collecting all this dark money from all these left-wing uh, outfits, he's raking in all this cash from California, you needed to start running six, seven, eight months ago, which is what Tim Sheehy did. And he started investing resources already and started raising the money that you're going to need to take on a big fight like this several months ago. So so I don't think that the GOP being forced to spend resources now during the primary is a bad thing. I actually think that's a good thing because they have to. Uh, and, and I also think that that the Democrats attack ads on on Tim Sheehy are actually backfiring on them because when the Democrats attack Tim Sheehy with their fake phony ads, it gets Republicans to rally around Tim Sheehy even further. The Democrats are attacking Tim Sheehy because they don't want him to be the candidate because uh, because they would rather have a rematch of 2018. They do not want to face a political outsider and a Navy SEAL veteran. That's why the Democrats are attacking Tim Sheehy. Now, uh, where I do think Republicans are right to have concern is that is that if another Republican enters the race, and, and spends the entire time simply attacking the Republican who is most likely to win, all you're doing is harming the Republicans and helping the Democrats. So I think that's where the concern actually is. Anyway, Gary, your thoughts? Well, I have two points. Uh, first of all, uh, Matt, where is he going to get his funding when all these other people are supporting uh, Tim Shee, the president, you know, Craig G. Ford, all these other things? And the other point was, now, the people that put him in office 
in the Eastern District, are they going to come out and vote for him as the Senate? It seemed to me that he's letting them down by not supporting the Eastern people. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I think it's going to be a mixed bag. But again, if you're wanting to win the biggest Senate race in the country, it can't come down to a mixed bag. You've got to be able to to unite uh, and, and rally around everybody. Well, that's what I wonder. I mean, I think one of the big questions is, OK, so far uh, right now, Matt is is remaining defiant, saying he is going to stay in the race even after President Trump came in and endorsed Tim Sheehy, which is a massive uh, bombshell of news in that race. But the filing deadline is until March. Uh, could he potentially decide not to stay in the race uh, in 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 the next month or so? Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, you know, has he painted himself into a corner at, at this point and, and feels that he has to run in the primary? I, I don't know. But uh, certainly next time we catch up with him, it'd be a, a good question to ask. Hey, actually, we have a great guest coming up right after this. Stand by. Hey, Jimmy Fallon, what a great guy. He's got his own Saturday night show on Fox News. He went from being a New York City cab driver to a stand-up comedian to now having his own show on Fox News. And he's going to be here in Montana coming up later this spring. Aaron Flint here with Montana Talks. I got a chance to catch up with Jimmy Fallon. He's also got a new book coming out right now, Cancel Culture Dictionary. Full audio of my chat with Jimmy Fallon and much more. Go to MontanaTalks.com. Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana, Montana is talking here. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, let's see. Uh, David in Boulder sent us a message on our Montana Talks app. This is from, uh, this was with regard to this big NBC news piece here. Mexican drug cartels are targeting America's last best place. Uh, this is, let me just read the opening uh, a couple of paragraphs for you here from this NBC News report. On the evening of March 17th, 2020, a former Mexican police officer working for the Sinaloa cartel left his hotel room in Tijuana and walked across the U.S. border into Southern California at 10.09 p.m. Ricardo Ramos Medina's first stop was San Diego International Airport, where he picked up a rental car. He drove to a nearby location and met a female drug mule who handed off a grocery sack filled with methamphetamine. Then he set out on a much longer journey, a 16-hour drive to Montana. Now, why Montana? And and why in March of 2020? Well, remember, remember, Joe Biden started opening up the border. Remember, what did Joe Biden and John Tester start doing right after they took power in Washington? Democrats controlled the Senate. Democrats had the White House. What did they start doing? They started opening the border and they started shutting down America and the Keystone XL pipeline and more. And so this... A uh, cartel operative walks across the border, grabs a rental car to come to Montana, and they immediately start targeting our reservations in particular. You know, in this NBC News piece here, well, first, let me get to let me get to David and Boulder's message here, and then um, I'll, I'll, t- I'll talk more about this NBC News piece here. David says this, in regards to the drug cartels targeting our reservations, they target any place that welcomes them. 
a large amount of our society is very drug dependent and it continues to grow. We legalized marijuana along with other drugs in some areas. The dependency problem on this on reservations is nothing new, just getting worse. Yeah, it's getting dramatically worse, uh, right? And and that's what happens when we allow our border to be completely wide open and we allow this lawlessness to continue. I, I mean, look, there's always been problems with drugs and alcohol, right? But some people suggest, oh, well, we've always had a problem with it, so there's nothing we can do, so don't do anything about it. That's what, what folks on the left and and some of our, our, our libertarian friends even, I think, wrongly think. They, they think, oh, we've always had this problem. That's not going to be able to do anything about it. It is dramatically worse today. You're always going to have crime. You're always going to have murders. You're always going to have these issues. It's it's it's. It's the infinity game. You're going to have to constantly. It's just like the fight for freedom. You, it's not like, okay, well, we won. Game over. Election's over. We won. So we can just sit back. No, you have to constantly fight and maintain this free country. And if we get complacent, we lose it. And the same thing with with with, with fighting these, these drug cartels. We have constantly got to stay in this fight here. Uh, David, thanks for that message, uh, though. You know, we raised this question, the uh, missing and murdered indigenous women and all these Native American women that were going missing or, or, or getting murdered. And what, why did, you know, of all the news coverage that was that was done on this topic, how come so many of these reporters and these news outlets never thought to ask the question, Wow, we've got Mexican drug cartels that are targeting Native American women, that are targeting our reservation communities. Could that be part of the problem here? No, don't ask that question. You're supposed to blame white people. Don't you dare ask that question. This NBC News report, let me find the part where it actually talks about it here, where, where it actually talks about how... Uh, how, you know, how they, oh yeah, here we go. It's on page three of this NBC News report. On some reservations, cartel associates have formed relationships with indigenous women. That's the word NBC News uses. As a way of establishing themselves within communities to sell drugs, law enforcement officials and tribal leaders said. More frequently, traffickers lure Native Americans into becoming dealers by giving away an initial supply of drugs and turning them into addicts indebted to the cartels. So wait a minute. You mean to tell me that the Mexican drug cartels, which will chop people's heads off, which will slaughter entire families, kind of like the terrorists at the southern border of Israel. They're the terrorists at the southern border of America that are all openly allowed into this country every single freaking day. You mean to tell me that these, these cartel operatives that will slaughter entire families, that will chop people's heads off, that will hang you from a telephone pole, are targeting Native American women here in Montana and, and getting them hooked on drugs? And you, you mean to tell me, no, there's, there's no way that the Mexican drug cartels could have a role in the missing and murdered indigenous women crisis, not just in Montana, but across the entire West. 
No, no, no. See, that doesn't fit the narrative. It's never fit the narrative of most in the media, even here in Montana. And and, and the, the Democrats on Twitter that constantly downplay the impacts of our wide open southern border. Be, and, and why do they constantly do that? Because they know that they're responsible for it, because they know that John Tester is responsible for what is taking place right now on our reservations and with this southern border invasion. So they've had to downplay. It. They've had to ignore it. And when they talk about the missing and murdered indigenous women, and, and by the way, now it's it's no longer. I had one of my uh, one of my uh, Native American friends had to correct me, Aaron. It's not just missing and murdered indigenous women anymore. It's now missing and murdered indigenous persons. See, it was MMIW was the big campaign with the red handprints on the signs and the parades in downtown and things like that. But now it's it's MMIP. Missing and murdered indigenous persons, because it's not just the women that are being murdered and the women that are being kidnapped and the women uh, that are being lured into the drug. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's the men, too. So that's why they had to switch from the MMIW to the MMIP. But see, it never fit the narrative that the Mexican drug cartels might in some way be responsible for this. It never fit the narrative that the southern border invasion that John Tester and Joe Biden continue to allow to this day is responsible for this. I mean, uh, how, how many times have we even even when 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 some so-called Montana media outlets were finally bothered with doing a story about this? Did, did you notice the the lengths and the and the the extent to which they went to totally ignore the southern border whenever they did? I, I remember there was a uh, there was a report they, they went to the Blackfeet Reservation, and, and by the way, the Blackfeet Reservation is prominently featured in this NBC News report here. Uh, uh, by the way, phone lines are open for you. I thought we were going to have a guest uh, scheduled here uh, this segment, but uh, but I th- but it looks like that might be for another day. So, phone lines remain open for you four zero six two nine four zero nine seventy. But you know, in this in this report here, they they talk a lot about the Blackfeet Reservation as well. We, we've seen a lot of arrests take place. In fact, recently there was a Crow education uh, official who was arrested uh, on the Crow Reservation for basically facilitating uh, the drug cartels, uh, you know, drug dealing ring there. But, but yeah, in this NBC News piece, uh, they point out that the drug crisis has been felt most acutely on Montana's Indian reservations between 2017 and 2020. Montana's opioid overdose death rate almost tripled. In the decade leading up to 2020, the rate of overdose deaths among Native Americans was more than twice that of of white Montana residents. NBC News says this, in many ways, reservations make for ideal places for a drug operation to set up shop. The community suffer from high rates of drug addiction and low numbers of law enforcement. But no, the defund the police crowd says, yeah, defund the police. BIPOC, BIPOC wants to defund the police. And so, so anyway, but, but I remember there was, I can't remember if it was this Kaiser Health propaganda reporter, if it was another outfit like that. They actually went to the Blackfeet Reservation and talked about post-2020 how, how, uh, how people on the reservation were dying. I, I think it was solely focused on fentanyl. Because we know that you know over 100,000 of Americans have died from fentanyl uh, overdose. But they were pointing out how on the Blackfeet Reservation, it was twice the number. Twice the number of Native Americans on a per capita basis were dying from fentanyl overdose compared to white Americans. And, and I remember reading this entire report 
where some Montana media outlet that got that got published widely in, in some of the newspapers here, the, the liberal newspapers, and they didn't say anything about the southern border. I, I can't even remember if it even mentioned the Mexican drug cartels. They made it sound like, oh, it's it's because the state doesn't have enough health care facilities. Yeah, that's why. See, if if you Montana taxpayers just spent more of your taxpayer dollars on health care facilities, then people wouldn't be dying of fentanyl overdoses. Not a peep about the southern border. Not a peep about the Mexican drug cartels. I mean, for Pete's sake, people are dying in your backyard. And you guys don't want to talk about who's responsible for it. So at least NBC News did it, even if they didn't credit our show as the reason why they heard about the story in the first place. In an election year, guaranteed to divide us. This is a debacle. Right. A second term we can all agree on. Yes. Comedy Central's The Daily Show. Mondays with John Stewart. Tonight at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central. And next day on Paramount+. Plus. Fox News commentary. Nevada primary voters chose none of the above over Nikki Haley. Ego check initiated. I'm Tommy Laren. More next. I'm Charles Payne. Listen to my Unstoppable Prosperity podcast so I can get you making money right now. 35 years on Wall Street taught me how to successfully invest in the stock market. In my four-part series, I'm going to teach you, too. Some of Fox Business's finest join me to help tell my story, impart crucial lessons from my Unstoppable Prosperity book, and give you the tools to achieve your own financial dreams. Listen anytime, everywhere at foxbusinesspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. This week, Nevada primary voters made one thing perfectly clear. They'd rather have none of the above over Nikki Haley. That's right. While no delegates were at stake in Nevada's primary and the Republican Party sponsored the state's caucus instead, Nikki Haley lost to the none of the above option. 63% of Nevada primary voters, compared to Haley's 31%, decided the nah option was more appealing. It's important to note that Donald Trump was not on the ballot and Nikki Haley didn't spend much time or effort campaigning in Nevada, but nevertheless, what an ego check for her. Haley still believes she She's going to pull off some miracle in South Carolina, though polls show her trailing by a lot, even in her home state. You know what, folks? The Nikki Haley charade is getting pretty old. It's time for donors to cut her and her pride and her ego off at the knees. It's time to rally around Donald Trump. I'm Tommy Lahren, and you can watch my show, Tommy Lahren is Fearless, at Outkick.com. Brought to you from the Montana Hot Springs Spas and Saunas Live Well, Feel Better Studio. This is where Montana talks. Montana talks with Aaron Flint. Yeah, it's crazy. Before Friday's show, you know, driving out to Glendive last Thursday for our live program from the Glendive Agri-Trade Expo. I mean, man, the Joe Biden press conference as he's angrily lashing out. And then he says, my memory's fine. My memory's just fine. And then like literally two minutes later. Well, I was talking to President Sisi of Mexico about allowing the aid to get into the Gaza Strip. It's like, okay, Joe, I know that you're allowing the terrorists at our southern border to come from Mexico into America, but, but, um, but, but you're talking about the terrorists in the Gaza Strip that you're now trying to allow to get the. Uh, to get their hands on the uh, the aid that's uh, that's president uh, the president of egypt not the president of mexico and so he just further cemented exactly the concerns that the special counsel uh, detailed in that report last week 
Uh, anyway, Joe Concha was on Fox and Friends uh, first early this morning talking about Joe Biden. I think he even referenced the fact that Joe Biden was too scared to even do the softball Super Bowl interview. This was Joe Biden's terrible, horrible, no good, very bad week, to quote a book that, that came out about this presidency and about this man. When you think about an aggregate, what we saw last week, Todd, as far as the president is concerned, when he can't remember the name of Hamas, who carried out the worst most horrific attacks on Jews we've seen since the Holocaust. All right, can't remember the name of Hamas. Then we saw him talk about Francois Mitterrand and the French president as far as he had a conversation with him recently. Mitterrand died when Patrick Mahomes was one years old, right, in, in 1996. Then talked about how he had, obviously, a conversation with Helmut Kohl, the late... German chancellor who died many years ago said he talked to him about January 6th and then he had that press conference which obviously Todd what we saw there was a president in prime time melting down in terms of his memory when he confused the president of Mexico with the president of Egypt overall what we have now is even the New York Times saying that it's time for Joe Biden to step aside and for somebody else to take the mantle at this well, point. Here's what the Times is saying. They, they're telling Joe Biden to do better, saying the president has to reassure and build confidence with the public that by doing things he has been doing so far unwillingly to do convincingly, he needs to be out campaigning with voters far more in unrehearsed interactions. But Joe, I would argue rehearsed or unrehearsed, does it even matter? Here's the problem for the president and his handlers at this point. If you put Joe Biden out there, Todd, then you have cleanups on aisles 5, 17, 22, and 29. In other words, he's going to screw up something in terms of his memory. If you keep him in the basement, so to speak, like they did in 2020, then you have a president that is pleading the fifth while trying to be reelected and has a record now to run on, which includes high inflation, high crime, and a border that is completely lawless. So there is no upside in terms of whatever decision you decide to make. The question is now, who backfills Joe Biden if he were to step aside? Is it Kamala Harris? No. Who is at 28% approval? Or is it Gavin Newsom, who has a record in California that you could only call horrific? So that's where we're at at this point. If you're a Democrat, no good options. All right. Uh, yeah, there we go. That was uh, Joe Concha. Hey, uh, real quick correction. Um, March 2020, that NBC News report, I do need to clarify that that was, of course, before Joe Biden was president. Uh, so again, that, that goes back to the fact that, look, we've had a challenge with the drug cartels for a long time. We've had a, a challenge with a porous southern border for quite some time. Uh, but we've seen it now on steroids here uh, recently. So so thanks for, for one of our listeners for pointing that out from this NBC News uh, report. All right, definitely want to make sure that, that we clarify things ASAP. Uh, in fact, earlier this morning, I actually uh, gave credit to the New York Times and the Associated Press because uh, uh, they called it. There was a conflicting report uh, saying whether or not that Senate announcement was going to take place. Uh, this past weekend or not, and it did. Uh, so uh, so anyway, uh, yeah, if you missed it in the 6 o'clock hour, check out our Montana Talks podcast. And I uh, actually gave credit where credit is due uh, to the New York Times and to the Associated Press. Now, they've gotten almost everything wrong. Russia, Russia, Russia and uh, it, in the fake news. But even one, give a fool enough time in a room with a thousand doors, eventually finds the right one.